with the cancellation of so many good and faithful priests and this simultaneous elevation of insanely what normally should be called heretical priests around the globe, we want to talk with someone who understands the Catholic world, someone who's been involved in the Catholic world as an activist, as a faithful Catholic, as someone who has advocated not only for Catholic priests, for Catholic children all over the world, has been involved in all of these crises. We're going to be speaking with Liz, Liz Yor. You're going to want to stay tuned. Liz, thank you for being with us on the John Henry Weston Show. John, I'm thrilled to be with you today. Thank you for the invitation. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Liz, you're, you're a lawyer, you're an activist, you're someone who has been involved intimately with the church. You're a researcher. You've done phenomenal things investigating what has gone on with the abuse crisis in the church, with the crisis in the hierarchy. I mean, you've got a, you, we could talk all day, but there's so many things going on right now with the cancellation of excellent, awesome priests and the elevation of just unbelievably heretical priests. So let's talk about what you're doing right now, this new project of yours. Well, thank you, John. Yes, Francis would say uh, God is a God of surprises. I spent much of my life investigating clergy abuse scandals and investigating the Vatican. And here I am almost instantaneously on the side of good, holy, faithful priests who have, to my shock and horror, been canceled, banished, sidelined by their bishops for no reason, no canonical reason. And it is something that frankly has been going on for a while. And, you know, shamefully, I did not know about this until recently. And I really feel compelled to speak up on behalf of them because I feel like this is a moment where, you know, all the forces are closing in on the church. And I, we do need our, our good holy priests. And, you know, interestingly enough, you know, it's as if for the last 50 years, they've taken away our literature, liturgy. They've taken away the teaching of the church. They've closed our churches. Now they've, they shut down the churches for a year. And then the last straw is that they're going to take away our good holy priests. And it's as if the people in the pews have said, enough is enough. You know, it was, I think, Tip O'Neill who said all politics is local. Well, it's very much like, you know, this is, these are the priests that the parishioners have confessed to, have these priests have baptized their children and buried their grandparents and have brought many back to the faith and have grown the parish. And and to our horror, because they speak the truth boldly from the pulpit during this time when there's all sorts of lies and communists and diabolical ideology coming from all corners of the culture, including the church, we have these amazing brave priests who, you know, frankly, John, when I was growing up, this, you know, these were the kinds of priests that I heard every Sunday from the pulpit. But nevertheless, 
People have said enough is enough. We are not going to take it any longer. You, you're not going to rob us of the last vestige of our faith. And, and this is, you know, this to me is really where people have drawn the line in the sand. And so, of course, everybody knows breaking news about Father James Altman, this bold, brave, smart, fearless, happy warrior. This priest who has also has a law degree is really, you know, saying what is the truth, calling out the Democratic Party, calling out our so-called Catholic president in calling out the Democratic Party that had been for years under JFK, you know, a pro-life party, and had overnight switched to the most pro-abort party, and also really under Biden. John, you've done an incredible job in tracking the radical change in policies almost on a day-to-day basis, making them, you know, coming from the Biden administration. And fortunately, we have a priest who's speaking out about it, Father Altman. And to our horror, you know, we don't have the bishops in unison behind behind Father Altman, um, behind this abomination of this Catholic president destroying all the pro-life progress that has been made in protection for the unborn. And yet, God gives us a voice of this good holy priest and now we find us find ourselves in the situation of he's going to be silenced, canceled, as well as other good holy priests like Father Parker from the Diocese of Rockford, Father John Lovell from the Diocese of Lovell, and many other, Father Kalchik, of course, from my diocese, good holy priests that have really tried to stay faithful in the face of enormous pressure, both internally and externally. And so this is really a moment I don't think we've ever seen in the church where it's really the faithful people that are standing behind their priests. And it appears in opposition to the hierarchy. Now, we know that Archbishop Vigano had spoken out very clearly and forcefully in support of Father Altman. And others, and he's obviously been that lone voice crying in the wilderness, but a clear voice, a brave voice, and a bold one that has really woken the conscience, I think, of the church. Um, and certainly given all of us the not only the hope that we're not abandoned in this dark time of the church, but also the ability to see clearly. The, you know, he talked about, in, in John, in a lot of your interviews with him, he talks about the convergence of the deep state and the deep church. Mm-hmm. Archbishop Vigano understands this complex global dynamic that has been going on for many years, really sub rosa, and now it has come to the surface. And to, frankly, my horror, and I'm sure to many Catholics' horror, this has been going on this working towards the new world order, the globalist, the transhumanism, the Masonic one world religion has been operational on a lot of levels. And now it's kind of come to light. And and I think this is as bracing and jarring as this is, it allows 
all of us to see with clear eyes and to know the truth. And once you know the truth, you're able to articulate um, and understand on a daily basis the events that occur. But with, with Archbishop Vigano's guidance and insight, he had a, a foot in both worlds in, in the United States as well as in Italy, in, in, in the Vatican. He certainly has helped me to understand what's been going on, certainly with the McCarrick phenomenon and, and also what's going on with all you know, with the church around the world. And so this allegiance, this partnership between the deep state and the deep church here in the United States, we really need voices in the church to speak out and to, like yours does, to speak for the baby in the womb. And, you know, really, this is what it's all getting down to. It's, you know, the, the core value of our faith and Western survival of Western civilization is the child in the womb. And so for that reason, it's, it's absolutely critical that we continue to support Father Altman as he speaks on behalf of the, the baby in the womb, on behalf of those priests who elevate this teaching, elevate it above all teaching in the Catholic Church. So here we are. It's so interesting to me that here we are with the Eucharist as the source and summit of our faith and the, the issue of pro-life now being front and center in this battle, this you know epic battle between um, the deep state, the deep er, the deep state and deep church, and the rest of us. You know, I say in many respects, bring it on. I mean that this is in my, was often you know it was really about the child and protecting the innocence of the child. That's what the clergy abuse scandal was all about. We call our priests father because we expect them to be protective and paternal towards, towards their people in the pews, towards their parishioners, especially towards the children in passing on the faith. Yeah. That did not happen. And so it, it really does all go down to life. That's the battle at hand. It's every day, as you know, John, you know, it's it's become breaking news left and right, you know, with Father Altman speaking out against the experimental vaccination or jab, the masking issue, the closing of churches, all of these issues, you know, are facing everyone. And so we really need spiritual guidance, fortitude, perseverance, and discernment in order to figure out where God wants us and his church, what role do we need to play in this epic battle that's going on in in society? Exactly. There's just so many things happening right now. It feels like a total tsunami. You've got the cancellation of the best priests while the elevation of the worst, the worst in the in the true sense, where where these people are doing what Christ told them not to do. He remember Christ saying, you know, it would be better for you that a millstone be tied about your neck than you mislead the little ones. And in promoting homosexuality, as he does, Father James Martin is, and in 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 promoting him, the Pope is, you know, misleading the little ones in, in the worst possible way, in the way actually the mainstream culture is pushing like nothing else. And it's so 
unreal that this is all happening. And it does feel, it does feel, it could feel it totally overwhelming that Catholics don't know what to do. But that's why I loved when you said, bring it on, because there's a warrior mentality. We're called to be soldiers. This is a fight. Archbishop Vigano, who, you know, some of us are so privileged to know personally, he is such a teacher, such an incredible teacher. I encourage everyone to go read that uh, recent interview I did with him, where he writes about the struggles that we all have with sin, but he takes it to a, a level, because so many people don't understand this teaching around homosexuality. It's so complicated nowadays because it's not taught, for one, but also because it is a difficult teaching but he relates it to everyone's struggle. So he talked about how the married man has to, and, and woman, have to be faithful to one another. How the you know person who has good food has to be guarding and fighting against gluttony. So it's always a battle. It's always a struggle because this is a war. We're called to be soldiers. In this time, we're called to be soldiers actually to defend, in, in a way, our chiefs or our majors or our generals uh, in the army who are still fighting for truth because there has been, as Taylor Marshall might say, an infiltration. And so we're dealing with this. We're fighting this war. How are the faithful fighting? I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing right now with the Coalition of Cancelled Priests. Yes. Before I go into that, I wanted to mention, I think your audience should Dinesh D'Souza posted this video of the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir singing a song, We're Coming for Your Children. Yeah, let's just take a second and play a bit of that right now. We're coming for your children. It's chilling. And frankly, you know, it's what I saw in the clergy abuse scandal with 80% of the victims being males and young males, some teen males, some even male children with a a clergy that is 100% male. So it is, it's a message that, you know, we need to reinforce despite the, as you say, tsunami of sexualization that's coming from every single corner of the, including getting canceled, getting punished, losing your job, any number of offenses that they could impose upon us for speaking the truth. But people, people need to watch, watch that. With respect to the canceled priest organization, the coalition of canceled priests, you know, I was privileged to moderate the event last week. And I was on the stage looking at, John, this was amazing. In 10 days, this organization organized 1,000 people outside the city of Chicago to a rainy night in Chicago to attend. It was wall-to-wall people, 1,000 people. They could have had 3,000, 4,000 people there. They were turning them away at the door. 
um, to support um, this Father Parker, who had been sidelined by Bishop Malloy of the Diocese of Rockford. Father Altman spoke. And to sit out the, out on the look at the audience, what I noticed for the first time, I've ne- I knew a number of the people, many of them traditional Latin mass goers, very faithful people, all ages were there. But there is a sense of, we're not going to take this anymore. This was some nice old ladies were screaming catcalls from the, you know, they have had it. They love their priests. And they wanted marching orders from, you know, Father Altman. What do you want us to do, Father? And, you know, interestingly, Father Altman, this was before he was um, sidelined by his bishop, but in anticipating that action, he said, you know, as a former um, hockey player, it's time to drop the gloves. You know, the, the old saying is, you know, I'm a Chicago Blackhawks fan. When they drop the gloves, you know, watch out for the fights that are going to begin. And it's about getting that warrior spirit. You know, as you said, John, we are soldiers of Christ by the basis of our confirmation. And while none of us up until maybe this moment in time realized what that meant, now we're beginning to see that we need to take on the armor of Christ and fight for our priests. And so I saw an energy, frankly, they're fed up about, you know, and saddened and furious and really looking for direction. You know, among the things that I, I say to people is we need to pray first and foremost for these canceled priests. And there are hundreds of them, as you know, John Henry, all over the United States. Um, many of them have just quietly slipped away, living at home with their elderly parents on the couch in assisted living. I mean, that's what it's come to because they don't have salary and they're not, they're denied their vocation, the ability to say the mass and the sacraments. It's just shocking to me. This is just like a, a sword through their heart. And so prayer, pray for these men. And really pray for discernment. Many of us said, you know, we need to close the wallet and support financially support these priests so that they can not only hire canon lawyers, but civil lawyers and work their um, case through the civil and canon law courts. And finally, I think it's important. um, It's important to protest and to protest and That's what I've learned from the old timers in the pro-life movement, you know, who in the 1973, Joe Scheidler and many others, you know, were in front of those abortion clinics, peacefully protesting yet being arrested, you know, nevertheless. And it was that handful of people, brave soldiers for Christ, fighting for the unborn that really slowly and gradually build the momentum to where we are, life site news, you know, and and really the great laws that are being put on the books in many, many states to protect the child in the womb. And many of us won't see the impact of our work. That's what we have to recognize. We just have to pray and be guided by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I'm thinking of things, you know, protesting in front of Holy Trinity Church in Georgetown. When Joe Biden goes to mass and apparently at the direction of Cardinal Wilton Gregory is allowed to receive Holy Communion, you know, protesting this unfair cancellation and sidelined by writing to the bishop, Simonuncio, we need to 
to really take a have a paradigm shift, I think, among the laity. And that paradigm shift requires us not only upholding our good and holy priests, but also upholding the teachings of the Catholic Church. And under Canon 212, we have an obligation to do that. It was, you know, as we know, Fulton Sheen, you've said this many times, it is the laity, not the bishops and not even the priests, that are going to save the American Catholic Church. One of the really interesting things about what you said is that it is very, very true that the potentates, in politics, but also in the church. They actually hate hassle. Their lives often are built around hassle avoidance. Yes. And so all of those emails and faxes and God forbid phone calls and showing up to make an appointment with your bishop, that is hasslesome, but it's so yes. important. From a Catholic perspective, too, because so there's the political aspect, which is very, very good. But there's also from a Catholic perspective, as brothers and sisters of the bishop himself, who's also a Catholic, we have to be concerned for their soul. And we know often with these bishops, they're misleading our own children. So they get the millstone award. They get the, you know, the warning of our Lord. It would be better for you that you had a millstone tied about your neck than thrown into the sea. They're doing that. We have to warn them in charity and love, but we have to warn them. It's also a hassle for them. And it might encourage them to change their ways, even out of the hassle that they're getting, let alone to, to do the truth and to avoid the Millstone Award. But so there's that. There is the shutting of the wallets. It's an incredibly important point. People need to stop giving. If you are at an unfaithful parish, you must stop giving. It is incumbent upon you. Find a good parish. Find a good priest, a good bishop to support. Support one of these canceled priests. You should still donate. Absolutely. There's all sorts of great places out there to don't give your money to, but you must stop donating to unfaithful parishes. It is a, is a tax on you. It's a tax on your children. In addition... The going out to protest, I was part of a privilege to be part of numerous protests. One, I remember so distinctly outside of the offices of Cardinal Marx in Germany when he was going on to, you know, it was, a, you know, an incredible thing. We, we stood there for over an hour. We prayed um, and it was silent, but it attracted so much attention. There's so many demonstrations like this that we can do, especially we can kneel on the pavement and pray. And what a statement that makes. And get someone who's good at public speaking to be able to give the message because reporters are going to come by. People are going to be interested in what's going on. What an incredible witness to the faith that uh, we can make. And Vigano was there. Archbishop Vigano was there, correct? He was there. Not He was sort of in disguise, if you will. He wasn't there yes. in a public way, but it was the time when he had to be so shielded because he was really on the run, as it were, from the authorities in the Vatican, which if, you know, made of him like public enemy number one. It's unreal because he exposes what's actually going on on the inside. And uh, it's he's been so courageous. And in a way, he really is a silver lining because in this time that seems so dark, and I guess in, in many of the times in the church where things have been so, so dark, our Lord raises up someone who's able to still bring out the truth, who's able to show the truth of Christ when there's so much darkness. And the more the darkness there is, the more those truth givers shine. And so that's one of the incredible things about Archbishop Vigano. 
the times are so, so dark. And he seems to be one of the only voices, along with a, a number of others who are so, bring so much good to the church, like Archbishop, uh, excuse me, Bishop Athanasius Schneider, Cardinal Miller, and, and many others, Cardinal Burke, of course. So it's just, there are not only silver linings, but these beacons are shining brighter because of the darkness of our times. I would urge everybody, you know, we've always talked about the Catholic imagination, which is really fueled by the Holy Spirit and in the beautiful prayers and devotions of our church. When people say, well, what can we do? I mean, I think of the Catholic imagination, just like your protest in front of Cardinal Marx. That is the Catholic imagination at work. And the and. And so I would urge people to really tap into that. And you're absolutely right. Having worked for media companies in the past, I would urge people, you know, if they're Netflix, if they're, you need to have your voice heard, whether it's advertising, you know, there's no excuse anymore. People can just go on the internet and contact the head of advertising, the CEO of companies, the CEO of your parish or of your archdiocese in, in speak truth to power. You know, there's a picture on the internet. I'm sure you've seen John. It's of soldier field. The big, the big stadium where the Chicago bears have played for decades. And it's 1943 in the midst of world war two and 80,000 people are filling the stadium at night with lighted candles, um, praying the rosary and adoration. And, you know, I remember that time in Chicago when you look out at the horizon and there's nothing but Catholic steeples and church steeples. And on every corner in some neighborhoods, there was a, a German church, an Italian church, an Irish church, and a Polish church. That was the faith that I grew up with. And, and that, and of course, people were afraid because their husbands and sons were in World War II fighting overseas, a terrible, a terrible war. And so they turned to God in this magnificent, magnificent stadium full of prayers. And, you know, that's my hope at some point that we can bring the faithful back. You know, millions have left the church. They left the church after Vatican II. They left the church during the clergy abuse scandal. Many are now kind of sliding away because of the cyber masses and the churches were closed for a year because the church walked in lockstep with with the um, government. I'm just hoping that this, you know, struggle, this epic struggle that we're in is that opportunity to bring the millions back to the church. One of the things I was thinking of this morning, actually, about praying my rosary, I was thinking, gosh, you know, we need to up our glorious mysteries because I think a lot of people, you know, are now doing the calendar of the the joyful on Monday, the sorrowful on Tuesday, the glorious on Wednesday, but then the luminous on Thursday, uh, and then back to the sorrowful again, and and then and Saturdays they're often doing the joyful, then back to the glorious on Sunday. You know what? I think we have to go back to the old practice of having at least the glorious mysteries on Saturday and Sunday and Wednesday so that there's a majority of glorious mysteries only because it shows you Christ wins in the end, that Christ is God and he will be victorious. And this is what we need to focus on. So up your glorious mysteries, practice that Catholic imagination, get out there. One other thing you said was uh, totally um, reminded me of something. The warrior spirit that this is a war. Michael Matt gave an incredible talk just last week at the Roman Forum, 
And in his talk, he talked about how he was raised in an amazing Catholic family and his dad would encourage him to recognize this is a war. That's how you bring your children into it and keep them faithful. This is a war. So awesome stuff. Liz, your thank you so much for being with us on this episode of the John Henry Weston show. You are a great warrior of your own and uh, may God bless you for all you've done. And uh, thank you for keeping us up on what's going on. Thank you, John Henry. You too are a warrior. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. Hi, this is John Henry Weston, the co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News. I'm coming to you today because we want to be sure that we're communicating clearly with you, our loyal followers. Things are really heating up, as I'm sure you can see. Christians, conservative truth-tellers are being targeted, are being banned from social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at an alarmingly fast rate. They are attempting to suppress any narrative that does not fit that of the mainstream media. We knew this day would come. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to lifesitenews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parler, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.